Chapter Seven of Marguerite de Valois by Alexander Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. Chapter Seven, the night of the twenty-fourth of August, fifteen seventy-two. When La Mole and Coquenard had finished their supper, and it was meagre enough, for the fowls of La Belle Etoile had their pin feathers singed only on the sign, Coquenard whirled his chair around on one leg, stretched out his feet leaned one elbow on the table and drinking a last glass of wine said do you mean to go to bed instantly monsieur de la mole ma foi i am very much inclined for it is possible that i may be called up in the night and i too said coquenard but it appears to me that under the circumstances instead of going to bed and making those way too hard to come to us we should do better to call for cards and play a game they would then find us quite ready i would willingly accept your proposal sir but i have very little money for play i have scarce a hundred gold crowns in my valise for my whole treasure i rely on that with which to make my fortune a hundred gold crowns cried coquenard and you complain by heaven i have but six why replied la mole i saw you draw from your pocket a purse which appeared not only full but i should say bloated ah said coquenard that is to defray an old debt which i am compelled to pay to an old friend of my father whom i suspect to be like yourself somewhat of a huguenot yes there are a hundred rose nobles he added slapping his pocket but these hundred rose nobles belong to maitre mercandon my personal patrimony as i tell you is limited to six crowns how then can you play why it is because of that i wish to play besides an idea occurs to me what is it we both came to Paris on the same errand. Yes. Each of us has a powerful protector. Yes. You rely on yours as I rely on mine. Yes. Well, then, it occurred to me that we should play first for our money and afterwards for the first favor which came to us, either from the court or from our mistress. Really, a very ingenious idea, said La Mole with a smile. But I confess I am not such a gamester as to risk my whole life on a card or a turn of the dice, for the first favor which may come either to you or to me will in all probability involve our whole life. Well, let us drop out of account the first favor from the court and play for our mistress's first favor. I see only one objection to that, said La Mole. What objection? I have no mistress nor i either but i expect to have one soon thank god we are not cut out to want one long undoubtedly as you say you will have your wish monsieur de coquenard but as i have not the same confidence in my love star i feel that it would be robbery i to pit my fortune against yours but if you will let us play until your six crowns be lost or doubled and if lost and you desire to continue the game you are a gentleman and your word is as good as gold well and good cried coquenard that's the talk you are right sir a gentleman's word is as good as gold especially when he has credit at court thus believe me i did not risk too much when i proposed to play for the first favor we might receive doubtless and you might lose it but i could not gain it for as i am with the king of navarre i could not receive anything from the duc de guise ah the heretic muttered the landlord as he was at work polishing up his old helmet i got on the right scent did i and he stopped his work long enough to cross himself piously well then continued coquenard shuffling the cards which the waiter had just brought him 
You are of the... Of the what? Of the new religion. I? Yes, you. Well, say that I am, said La Mole with a smile. Have you anything against us? Oh, thank God, no. It is all the same to me. I hate Huguenotry with all my heart. But I do not hate the Huguenots. Besides, they are in fashion just now. Yes, replied La Mole, smiling. To wit, the shooting at the admiral with an arquebus. But supposing we have a game of arquebusades. Anything you please, said Coquenard. Provided I get to playing, it is all the same to me. Well, let us play then, said La Mole, picking up his cards and arranging them in his hand. Yes, play ahead and with all confidence, for even if I were to lose a hundred crowns of gold against yours, I shall have the wherewithal to pay you tomorrow morning. Then your fortune will come while you are asleep? No, I am going to find it. Where? Tell me, and I'll go with you. At the Louvre. Are you going back there tonight? Yes, tonight, and I have a private audience with the great Duke de Guise. As soon as Coquenard began to speak about going to seek his fortune at the Louvre, La Hurriere stopped polishing his salet and went and stood behind La Mole's chair, so that Coquenard alone could see him, and made signs to him which the Piedmontese, absorbed in his game and the conversation, did not notice. Well, it is miraculous, remarked La Mole. And you were right when you said that we were born under the same star. I have also an appointment at the Louvre tonight, but not with the Duc de Guise, and mine is with the King of Navarre. Have you a password? Yes. A rallying sign? No. Well, I have one, and my password is... As the Piedmontese was saying these words, La Hurriera made such an expressive gesture that the indiscreet gentleman who happened at that instant to raise his head paused petrified more by the action than by the turn of the cards which had just caused him to lose three crowns lamo looked around but saw only his landlord standing behind him with folded arms and wearing on his head the salet which he had seen him polishing the moment before what is the matter pray inquired la mole of coquenard coquenard looked at the landlord and at his companion without answering for he could make nothing out of maitre la hurriere's redoubled gestures la hurriere saw that he must go to his aid it is only that i am very fond of cards myself said he speaking rapidly and i came closer to see the trick which made you gain and the gentleman saw me with my war helmet on and as i am only a poor bourgeois it surprised him you make a fine figure <laughs> indeed you do cried la mole with a burst of laughter oh sir replied la hurriere with admirably pretended good nature and a shrug of the shoulders expressive of his inferiority we poor fellows are not very valiant and our appearance is not elegant it is all right for you fine gentlemen to wear glittering helmets and carry keen rapiers and provided we mount guard strictly aha said la mole taking his turn at shuffling the cards so you mount guard do you eh mon dieu oui monsieur le comte i am sergeant in a company of citizen militia after having said this while la mole was engaged in dealing the cards la hurriere withdrew putting his finger on his lips as a sign of discretion for coquenard who was more amazed than ever this signal for caution was doubtless the reason that he lost almost as rapidly the second time as the first well observed la mole this mates exactly your six crowns will you have your revenge on your future fortune willingly replied coquenard but before you begin did you not say you had an appointment with the duc de guise 
Coconnas looked toward the kitchen and saw the great eyes of La Hurière, who was repeating his warning. Yes, he replied, but it is not yet time. But now, let us talk a little about yourself, Monsieur de la Mole. We should do better, I think, by talking of the game, my dear Monsieur de Coconnas, for unless I am very much mistaken, I am in a fair way of gaining six more crowns. By heaven, that is true. I had always heard that the Huguenots had good luck at cards. Devil take me if I haven't a good mind to turn Huguenot. La Hurriera's eyes sparkled like two coals, but Coconnas, absorbed in the game, did not notice them. Do so, Count, do so, said La Mole, and though the way in which the change came about is odd, you will be well received among us. Coconnas scratched his ear. If I were sure that your good luck came from that, he said, I would, for I really do not stickle so overwhelmingly for the mass, and as the king does not think so much of it either. Then it is such a beautiful religion, said La Mole, so simple, so pure. And moreover, it is in fashion, said Coconnas, and moreover, it brings good luck at cards, for the devil take me if you do not hold all the aces, and yet I have watched you closely and you play very fairly. You do not cheat, it must be the religion. You owe me six crowns more, said La Mole, quietly. Ah, how you tempt me, said Coconnas, and if I am not satisfied with Monsieur de Guise tonight. Well? Well, tomorrow I will ask you to present me to the King of Nevada, and be assured, if once I become a Huguenot, I will out-Huguenot Luther, Calvin, Melanchthon, and all the reformers on earth. Hush, said La Mole, you will get into a quarrel with our host. Ha, that is true, said Coconnas, looking toward the kitchen. But no, he is not listening, he is too much occupied at this moment. What is he doing, pray, inquired La Mole, who could not see him from where he was. He is talking with... Devil take me, it is he. Who? Why, that night bird with whom he was discoursing when we arrived, the man in the yellow doublet and drab-colored cloak. By heaven, how earnestly he talks. Say, Maitre La Hurrière, are you engaged in politics? But this time Maitre La Hurrière's answer was a gesture so energetic and imperious that in spite of his love for the picture-card, Coconnas got up and went to him. "'What is the matter with you?' asked La Mole. "'You wish wine, sir,' said La Hurriera, seizing Coconnas's hand eagerly. "'You shall have it. Gregoire, wine for these gentlemen.' Then he whispered in his ear, "'Silence, if you value your life, silence, and get rid of your companion.' La Hurriera was so pale, the sallow man so lugubrious, that Coconnas felt a shiver run over him, and turning to La Mole said, "'My dear sir, I must beg you to excuse me. I have lost fifty crowns in the turn of a hand. I am in bad luck tonight, and I fear I may get into difficulties.' "'Well, sir, as you please,' replied La Mole. "'Besides, I shall not be sorry to lie down for a time. Maitre La Hurriera, Monsieur le Comte, if anyone comes for me from the King of Nevada, wake me. I shall be dressed and consequently ready. So shall I, said Coconnas, and that I may not keep his highness waiting, I will prepare the sign. Maitre La Hurriera, some white paper and scissors. Gregoire, cried La Hurriera, white paper to write a letter on and scissors to cut the envelope with. Ah, said the Piedmontese to himself, something extraordinary is going on here. Good night, Monsieur de Coconnas, said La Mole, and you, landlord, be so good as to light me to my room. Good luck, my friend. 
and the mole disappeared up the winding staircase, followed by La Hurrière. Then the mysterious man, taking Coconnat by the arm, said to him, speaking very rapidly, "'Sir, you have very nearly betrayed a secret on which depends the fate of a kingdom. God saw fit to have you close your mouth in time. One more word, and I should have brought you down with my arquebus. Now we are alone, fortunately. Listen.' "'But who are you that you address me with this tone of authority?' "'Did you ever hear talk of the Sire de Morevel?' "'The assassin of the admiral?' "'And of Captain de Moy?' "'Yes.' "'Well, I am the Sire de Morevel.' Oh, ho said Coquenard. "'Now listen to me.' "'By heaven, I assure you I will listen.' "'Hush!' said Morevel, putting his finger on his mouth. Coquenard listened. At that moment he heard the landlord close the door of a chamber, then the door of a corridor, and bolt it. Then he rushed down the stairs to join the two speakers. He offered a chair to Coquenard, a chair to Maurevel, and took one for himself. "'All is safe now, Monsieur de Maurevel,' said he. "'You may speak.' It was striking eleven o'clock at saint germain l'Auxerrois. Maurevel counted each of the hammer-strokes as they sounded clear and melancholy through the night and when the last echo had died away in space he turned to coconnat who was greatly mystified at seeing the precautions taken by the two men sir he asked are you a good catholic why i think i am replied coconnat sir continued maurevel are you devoted to the king heart and soul i even feel that you insult me sir in asking such a question we will not quarrel over that only you are going to follow us whither that is of little consequence put yourself in our hands your fortune and perhaps your life is at stake i tell you sir that at midnight i have an appointment at the louvre that is where we are going monsieur de guise is expecting me there and us also but i have a private password continued coquenard somewhat mortified at sharing with the sire de maurevel and maitre la hurriera the honor of his audience so have we but i have a sign of recognition maurevel smiled then he drew from beneath his doublet a handful of crosses in white stuff gave one to la hurriera one to coquenard and took another for himself la hurriera fastened his to his helmet maurevel attached his to the side of his hat ah said coquenard amazed the appointment and the rallying password were for every one yes sir that is to say for all good catholics then there is a festival at the louvre some royal banquet is there not said coquenard and it is desired to exclude those hounds of huguenots good capital excellent they have been showing off too long yes there is to be a festival at the louvre a royal banquet and the huguenots are invited and moreover they will be the heroes of the festival and will pay for the banquet and if you will be one of us we will begin by going to invite their principal champion, their Gideon, as they call him. The Admiral? cried Coquenard. Yes, the old Gaspard, whom I missed like a fool, though I aimed at him with the king's arquebus. And this, my gentlemen, is why I was polishing my salet, sharpening my sword, and putting an edge on my knives, said La Hurriera, in a harsh voice, consonant with war. At these words Coquenard shuddered and turned very pale for he began to understand. "'What, really?' he exclaimed. "'This festival, th this banquet is a—' "'You are going—' 
"'You have been a long time guessing, sir,' said Maurevel, "'and it is easy to see that you are not so wary of these insolent heretics as we are.' "'And you take on yourself,' he said, "'to go to the admirals and to—' Maurevel smiled, and drawing Coconnat to the window, he said, "'Look there. Do you see in the small square at the end of the street behind the church a troop drawn up noiselessly in the shadow?' "'Yes.' The men forming the troop have, like Maitre La Hurière and myself and yourself, a cross in their hats. Well? Well, these men are a company of Swiss, from the smaller cantons commanded by Tokeno. You know the men from the smaller cantons are the king's cronies. Oho, said Coconnas. Now look at the troop of horse passing along the quay. Do you recognize their leader? "'How can I recognize him?' asked Coconnat with a shudder. "'I reached Paris only this evening.' "'Well, then, he is the one with whom you have a rendezvous at the Louvre at midnight. See, he is going to wait for you.' "'The Duc de Guise?' "'Himself. His escorts are Marcel, the ex-provost of the tradesmen, and Jean Charon, the present provost. These two are going to summon their companies, and here, down this street, comes the captain of the quarter. See what he will do.' He knocks at each door, but what is there on the doors at which he knocks? A white cross, young man, such as that which we have in our hats. In days gone by they let God bear the burden of distinguishing his own. Now we have grown more civilized and we save him the bother. But at each house at which he knocks the door opens, and from each house armed citizens come out. He will knock here in turn, and we shall in turn go out. What? said Coconnas. Everyone called out to go and kill one old Huguenot. By heaven, it is shameful. It is an affair of cutthroats and not of soldiers. Young man, replied Maurevel, if the old are objectionable to you, you may choose young ones. You will find plenty for all tastes. If you despise daggers, use your sword, for the Huguenots are not the men to allow their throats to be cut without defending themselves. And you know that Huguenots, young or old, are tough. "'But they are all going to be killed, then?' cried Coconnas. "'All!' "'By the king's order?' "'By order of the king and Monsieur de Guise.' "'And when?' "'When you hear the bell of saint germain l'Auxerrois.' "'Oh! So that was why that amiable German attached to the Duc de Guise? What, what is his name? Monsieur de Besme. "'That is it.' That is why Monsieur de Besme told me to hasten at the first sound of the tocsin. So then you have seen Monsieur de Besme. I have seen him and spoken to him. Where? At the Louvre. He admitted me, gave me the password, gave me... Look there! By heaven! There he is himself! Would you speak with him? Why, really, I should not object. Maurevel carefully opened the window. Besme was passing at the moment with twenty soldiers. "'Guise and Lorraine!' said Maurevel. Besme turned around, and perceiving that he himself was addressed, came under the window. "'Oh, is it you, Monsieur de Maurevel?' "'Yes, tis I. What are you looking for?' "'I am looking for the hostelry of the Belle Etoile to find a Monsieur Gougonat.' "'Here I am, Monsieur de Besme,' said the young man. "'Goot, goot. Are you ready?' Yes, to do what? Vatafer, Monsieur de Marifel, may tell you, for he is a good Catholic. Do you hear? inquired Maurevel. 
Yes, replied Coquenard, but Monsieur de Besme, where are you going? I, asked Monsieur de Besme, with a laugh. Yes, you. I am going to fire off a little vault at the admiral. Fire off two, if need be, said Maurevel, and this time, if he gets up at the first, do not let him get up at the second. Half no fear, Monsieur de Maurevel, half no fear, und meanwhile, get this young man on the right track. Don't worry about me, the coquinard are regular bloodhounds, and I am a chip off the old block. Atu Go on. Unt you Begin the hunt. We shall begin at the death. De Besme went on, and Maurevel closed the window. Did you hear, young man? said Maurevel. If you have any private enemy, even if he is not altogether a Huguenot, you can put him on your list, and he will pass with the others. Coquenard, more bewildered than ever with what he saw and heard, looked first at his landlord, who was assuming formidable attitudes, and then at Maurevel, who quietly drew a paper from his pocket. "'Here's my list,' said he. Three hundred. Let each good Catholic do this night one-tenth part of the business I shall do, and to-morrow there will not remain one single heretic in the kingdom.' "'Hush!' said La Hurriere. "'What is it?' inquired Coquenard and Maurevel together. They heard the first pulsation from the bell in Saint-Germain-Lasserrat. "'The signal!' exclaimed Maurevel. "'The time is set forward. I was told it was appointed at midnight. So much the better. When it concerns the interest of God and the king, it is better for clocks to be fast than slow.' In reality they heard the church bell mournfully tolling. Then a shot was fired, and almost instantly the light of several torches blazed up like flashes of lightning in the Rue de la Brissac. Coquenard passed his hand over his brow, which was damp with perspiration. "'It has begun!' cried Maurevel. "'Now to work! Away!' "'One moment! One moment!' said the landlord. "'Before we begin, let us protect the camp. As we say in the army, I do not wish to have my wife and children's throats cut while I am out. There is a Huguenot here!' "'Monsieur de la Mole!' said Coquenard, starting. "'Yes, the heretic has thrown himself into the wolf's throat.' "'What?' said Coquenard. Would you attack your guest? I gave an extra edge to my rapier for his special benefit. Oh, oh, said the Piedmontese, frowning. I never yet killed anything but my rabbits, ducks, and chickens, replied the worthy innkeeper, and I do not know very well how to go to work to kill a man. Well, I will practice on him, and if I am clumsy, no one will be there to laugh at me. By heaven, it is hard, said Coquenard. Monsieur de la Mole is my companion. Monsieur de la Mole has supped with me. Monsieur de la Mole has played with me. Yes, but Monsieur de la Mole is a heretic, said Maurevel. Monsieur de la Mole is doomed, and if we do not kill him, others will. Not to say, added the host, that he has won fifty crowns from you. True, said Coquenard, but fairly, I am sure. Fairly or not, you must pay them, while if I kill him, you are quits. "'Come, come!' cried Maurevel. "'Make haste, gentlemen, an arquebus shot, a rapier thrust, a blow with a mallet, a stroke with any weapon you please, but get done with it if you wish to reach the admirals in time to help Monsieur de Guise as we promised.' Coquenard sighed. "'I will make haste!' cried La Hurriera. "'Wait for me.' "'By heaven!' cried Coquenard. "'He will put the poor fellow to great pain and perhaps rob him. I must be present to finish him, if requisite, and to prevent anyone from touching his money.' and impelled by this happy thought, Coquenard followed La Hurriera upstairs, and soon overtook him, for according as the landlord went up, 
Doubtless as the effect of reflection, he slackened his pace. As he reached the door, Coconnas still following, many gunshots were discharged in the street. Instantly, La Mole was heard to leap out of bed and the floor creaking under his feet. Diable, muttered La Hurriera, somewhat disconcerted. That has awakened him, I think. It looks like it, observed Coconnas. And he will defend himself. He is capable of it. Suppose now, Maître La Hurriera, if he were to kill you, that would be droll. Hum, hum, responded the landlord, but knowing himself to be armed with a good arquebus, he took courage and dashed the door in with a vigorous kick. La Mole, without his hat but dressed, was entrenched behind his bed, his sword between his teeth, his pistols in his hands. Oh, oh, said Coquenard, his nostrils expanding as if he had been a wild beast smelling blood. This grows interesting. Maitre La Hurriera, forward! Ah, you would assassinate me, it seems, cried La Mole with glaring eyes, and it is you, wretch! Maitre La Hurriera's reply to this was to take aim at the young man with his arquebus, but La Mole was on his guard, and as he fired, fell on his knees, and the ball flew over his head. Help! cried La Mole. Help, Monsieur de Coquenard! Help, Monsieur de Maurevel! Help! cried La Hurriera. Ma foi! Monsieur de La Mole, replied Coquenard, all I can do in this affair is not to join the attack against you. It seems all the Huguenots are to be put to death tonight in the king's name. Get out of it as well you can. Ah, traitors, assassins, is it so? Well then, take this. And La Mole, aiming in his turn, fired one of his pistols. La Hurriera, who had kept his eye on him, dodged to one side, but Coquenard, not anticipating such a reply, stayed where he was, and the bullet grazed his shoulder. By heaven, he exclaimed, grinding his teeth. I have it. Well, then, let it be we too, since you will have it so. And drawing his rapier, he rushed on La Mole. Had he been alone, La Mole would doubtless have awaited his attack. But Coquenard had La Hurriera to aid him, who was reloading his gun, and Maurevel, who, responding to the innkeeper's invitation, was rushing upstairs four steps at a time. La Mole, therefore, dashed into a small closet, which he bolted inside. Ha! coward! cried Coquenard, furious and striking at the door with the pommel of his sword. Wait, wait, and I will make as many holes in your body as you have gained crowns of me tonight. I came up to prevent you from suffering. Oh, I came up to prevent you from being robbed, and you pay me back by putting a bullet into my shoulder. Wait for me, coward, wait! While this was going on, Maitre La Hurriada came up, and with one blow with the butt-end of his arquebus, smashed in the door. Coquenard darted into the closet, but only bare walls met him. The closet was empty, and the window was open. "'He must have jumped out,' said the landlord. "'And as we are on the fourth story, he is surely dead.' "'Or he has escaped by the roof of the next house,' said Coquenard, putting his leg on the window-sill and preparing to follow him over this narrow and slippery route. But Maurevel and La Hurriera seized him and drew him back into the room. "'Are you mad?' they both exclaimed at once. "'You will kill yourself.' Bah, said Coquenard, I am a mountaineer and used to climbing glaciers. Besides, when a man has once offended me, I would go up to heaven or descend to hell with him by whatever route he pleases. Let me do as I wish. Well, said Maurevel, he is either dead or a long way off by this time. Come with us, and if he escape you, you will find a thousand others to take his place. You are right, cried Coquenard. Death to the Huguenots. I want revenge, and the sooner the better and the three rushed down the staircase like an avalanche. "'To the admirals!' shouted Maurevel. "'To the admirals!' echoed La Hurriera. "'To the admirals, then, if it must be so!' cried Coquenard in his turn. 
and all three, leaving the Belle Etoile in charge of Gregoire and the other waiters, hastened toward the Admiral's Hotel in the Rue de Bethesy, a bright light, and the report of firearms guided them in that direction. "'Ah! Who comes here?' cried Coquenard. "'A man without his doublet or scarf?' "'It is someone escaping,' said Maurevel. "'Fire! Fire!' said Coquenard. "'You who have arquebuses!' "'Faith, not I,' replied Maurevel. "'I keep my powder for better game.' "'Then you, La Hurriera. "'Wait, wait,' said the innkeeper, taking aim. "'Oh, yes, wait,' cried Coquenard, "'and meantime he will escape.' And he rushed after the unhappy wretch, whom he soon overtook as he was wounded, but at the moment when, in order that he might not strike him behind, he exclaimed, "'Turn, will you turn?' The report of an arquebus was heard, a bullet whistled by Coquenard's ear, and the fugitive rolled over like a hare in its swiftest flight struck by the shot of the sportsman. A cry of triumph was heard behind Coquenard. The Piedmontese turned round and saw La Hurriera brandishing his weapon. "'Ah!' he exclaimed. "'I have handselled this time at any rate. "'And only just missed making a hole quite through me.' "'Be on your guard! Be on your guard!' cried La Hurriera. Coquenard sprung back. The wounded man had risen on his knee, and eager for revenge, was just on the point of stabbing him with his poniard, when the landlord's warning put the Piedmontese on his guard. "'Ah! Viper!' shouted Coquenard, and rushing at the wounded man, he thrust his sword through him three times up to the hilt. "'And now,' cried he, leaving the Huguenot in the agonies of death, "'to the admirals! To the admirals!' "'Aha, my gentlemen,' said Maurevel, "'it seems to work.' "'Faith, yes,' replied Coquenard. "'I do not know if it is the smell of gunpowder makes me drunk, "'or the sight of blood excites me, but by heaven, I am thirsty for slaughter. "'It is like a battue of men. "'I have as yet only had battues of bears and wolves, "'and on my honor, a battue of men seems more amusing.' "'And the three went on their way.'" End of chapter 7 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia